To the Saint Seiya Cosmocast. I am your host, Ramses, but I am not alone. Um, with me here is Nuri. Hi. And of course, it's the it's the K, the R, the F to myself. To, to my side, it's Kamen Rider Furry. Hello. So we have we have we have we have kind of a packed show here this week. We are going to discuss the Legend of the Sanctuary movie. We figure that you know we take a little break from our our usual episode talk and do a little bit of talking about the movie because. It's a good, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. We, we we enjoy it. I think it's also a good like refresher as we, before we start going to more heavier, more serious things with us with the, with the twelve houses art coming soon. So this is a good like buffer before we go into that. And also too, we got a few things. We we have a few things I want to housekeeping. I want to address such as our spreadsheet that I've been working on since the episode 7 so we're gonna go over a little bit of the answers not a whole lot of them because I think a lot of the answers are kind of personal kind of like and also kind of things are kind of weird as well and also gonna be addressing a few things as well concerning the about what we can do at the podcast and stuff like that and you know just the general the general stuff like that um and since we're light on news there is one thing I want to discuss with you guys and that is the topic of the new um symphony that's gonna that's gonna be held in Mexico City all official by toy and everything so what so why don't we um, get started with um, when we when we get when we get started with housekeeping first let's 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 dust out let's do a little bit of spring cleaning since that's that's coming up why don't we talk a little bit about okay so first things first I want to talk about YouTube YouTube it, it's been a mess concerning like copyright copyright strikes concerning like um, toy properties well in the last couple of weeks we we had to like put a lot of the stuff that we been uploading in private so i was thinking like because i think i want to get more people to listen to the podcast and i was thinking one of the ways we can do that is by um is by putting segments on the show like either new segments or funny things that we find and we can just that are discussions like that so i'm encouraging everybody who's listening to if you find anything you find interesting that you want that you want us to put on the show that you think like a funny clip or funny funny anything, send it to us like like through our various various methods of like of, of, um, of social media. We will um, we'll we'll, um, we'll get we'll, we'll we'll see it and we'll and we'll post it on the, on our YouTube. And I kind of have already a general idea of what I want to put in at the first first couple of them. But you know, hey, this is an ever growing experience. So let's see. So I hope that that everybody um, participates. What do you guys think? Um, I, so I, um, am blanking. Give me just a second. I want to know, because I'm not in the YouTube sphere, like, I watch YouTube, but I haven't done anything on YouTube in a very, very long time. Um, I know for a while YouTube was pushing those YouTube shorts, which were, like, the 30-second to one-minute clips, and I know that there was some podcasts that I follow that were taking, like, real funny, like, excerpts and using that as kind of a, um just kind of a way for people that might not have an hour to sit down and listen to a podcast, get kind of a fun um, little snippet of what we talk about and maybe even entice them to want to watch or listen to the whole thing. Uh, but I don't know if YouTube shorts are still a thing. Do either of you know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very big. Yeah, they're, they're very big. Then that's something we could look into. Um, I, I think it would be good. 
like if there's a, just a funny moment or like even one of our news segments like if we want to condense the news segments down that would i think because youtube kind of has two modes it has long form content and now short form content and we've got the long form content covered i know we've got like you said there's the weird bits that toei um has not had the best track record with youtube lately uh as far as copyright stuff but the short form definitely is something that i think that we should look into i i think it would be beneficial to for people that don't necessarily have a lot of time because we're not um well we we now live in a time to where not everybody has long commutes like we used to a lot of people are working from home and stuff and the the whole like hour-long drive in the morning where you listen to a podcast isn't as big of a thing anymore you know what i mean am i making sense <laughs> um no 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 um you're you're absolutely correct and the thing is also too with uh with the youtube shorts it's like it, you can you can present like our best bits and it's like hey you want to see the best bits here's some of our best bits but you want to see more funny stuff or so you'll get more more info and stuff like that check out the rest of it and like i said like that that you make a good point it's like now that we're we're still in kind of a pandemic. We still have issues that we that like of transportation stuff like that, so people don't have that much time. But you know, there, there's like you know, we'll have like. But well, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some way that, that that people will find time for to to devote to it if they see a lot of our content. Right. It, the The appeal of the YouTube Shorts is that you are able to condense something that is a long form medium into basically a clip to be like. Hey, snap, get your attention. Check this out if you're if it's something in, you're into because it's kind of like trying to get people into Saint Seiya in general to be like, "Hey, I want to sit you down and talk to you about this show. I'm going to need about 30 minutes to explain the whole backstory before we even get into what the show is actually about." So for so for this to be like, "Hey, this is a podcast about a show from the 80s that's about Greek mythology and teenage boys." But we can condense it into a clip to be like, hey, this is something funny that somebody said. Here's something interesting that we talked about. And then you can be like, this is a reference. This is what we do. If that's something you're into, cool. We have more. All right. Good, good, good. So like, it's, I'm glad you guys are on board with it. Because, like, you know, I, I don't want to do any, I don't want to spring all this stuff to you guys. It's like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. Like, what? 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 what, what, what? And it's like, you guys are going to, like, get, get my head on the pike. Like, I'm not going to do Anyways, I mean, it's just about getting, getting people's attention, getting different types of people's attention. Um, I, I was a late person to the podcast thing. I know podcasts have been a thing for, you know, literally decades now at this point, but I didn't start listening to them until I started working, you know, an hour away from where I lived and had to drive and, you can only listen to the same songs on repeat for an hour so many times. And so I found a couple of podcasts that, that piqued my interest after my friend kind of nudged me in that direction. Um, but, you know, it sounds crazy that there are people that don't listen to or haven't or, or don't really give podcasts a chance given how popular they are. But, I mean, when you combine that with Saint Seiya being in, in the U.S. a more niche show i think it would do nothing but help us especially if we can be charismatic and funny i can i try i do my best i do my best but you know i also uh yeah don't 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 undersell you guys you guys are you guys are awesome too i'll tell you that much 
All right, so so we're all in agreement on that. So hopefully, hopefully, if you guys, if you, if you guys that are host or anybody that's listening has anything they want to share, like that you think we should put on put on those YouTube shorts or anything that or short or short form that you guys think that we should put in, always feel free to like contact us on all of our social medias. We'll, we'll I'll be listening. I'll, I'll be listening in and everything like that. So don't worry about it. All right. Second thing I want to talk to you guys about. Second, like major thing of, of cleaning up is that we need to talk about the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet I created. It was kind of weird. Episode seven, when I made that, that was uh, October. Oh my god, not October. It was like November of last year. And because of like different, because of things changing and things like, and in my opinions, uh, uh, things changed. And also things changed. Period with like how YouTube was working and stuff like that. There's a lot of these responses that we're gonna skip over, or we're gonna not really address that much because like we've either fixed it or we it's not really relevant to what's going on anymore because like we've actually addressed a lot of these issues. So I'm not and again. I don't want to bore. I don't want to bore anybody with like all. I don't want to bog it this, this with this with all this information of just the same repeating information over and over. So. Um, I'm just gonna go through these. I'm gonna go through these, and you guys can chime in at any time you want. Um, obviously, a lot of people who listen to the show are fluent in English. Thankfully, that's good. That's good. So that means if we can throw a reference or two that that might be a little bit obscure, that then you know I don't mind. I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind that we um, that we do that. Um, a lot, a lot of surprisingly enough, a lot of people are not listening from the United States. So uh, this is going to be very important as well because I think like if this is going to be a, a good glimpse as to like not only not only are like people from not only people who speak English are paying attention but also like other fandoms are looking into what we're doing as well, and this is also going to be a good look as to like say maybe maybe they should take some sort of effort to release in English or have it accessible in English to these parts of the world so they can see. You know what they what, what we've been doing in our version of Saint Seiya. Obviously, a lot of it has seen it secondhand through like stuff like Knights of the Zodiac and stuff like that. But the new dub that we that we've been watching on Netflix has been really good, and I really do appreciate that they put in a lot of effort. And for that version to be available for more outside the United States and like other parts of the world would be a lot more interesting to see what the what the response would be. So not not only is it really interesting to like know what where our listeners are, but it's also a good glimpse as to like. It would be good to see, like, if the, those places can get access to that English version that we that we were watching as well. Um, social media, for the most part, it's, it's all over the place. So it's like you know where, so it's like wherever you, wherever our reach can get to, like that's 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 where we are. Um, primarily, a lot of people listen to our podcast on YouTube, believe it or not, with Spotify being second. So again, like I know taking down the YouTube one was kind of a harsh, was kind of a hard and long and hard um, thing for me to think about. But I had, to, but you know, I wanted to protect like the like at the time I was thinking two things. One, I wanted to keep this relations. I wanted to keep relations with like toy, like uh, like good. Like I didn't want anyone like us like us like being in a position where it's like they'll look at like, they'll look at they'll look at the show unfavorably or something like that because we because we kind of defy their, their their copyright laws and stuff like that and and I do like that that you know like I said we're trying to do new ideas to fix that up and like I said Spotify it's very easy to like just pick up the show and, and just listen from that service um. Uh, surprisingly, like ninety percent of people who are listening to this show have not, this is like their second or third time watching the series. So, if we go, if we talk a little bit more in advance about things hitting later towards the series, I think 
people won't mind. So that's good news. Yeah, I mean, it's good that that people will probably understand what we're talking about if we talk about something a little further. But I also think that for the people who are still being introduced to it, and you know, I, I when I watched it for the first time, I'm, I'm not somebody who likes spoilers. I want to know what happens as it happens. I don't want people to be like, oh, don't worry, this character's not really dead. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I want to have this emotional journey. We don't. We don't really go do that. That many spoilers, but like, if something they, but if something they say later, we'll, we'll like say like something like to the center, like, oh, some, we'll, and later on something will happen, or something like that. Like, I'm always, I'm always very careful of the wording of like of the spoilers, but I usually say like I kind of gently nudge to it because it's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I think I, my last episode we we addressed a lot of things from the eighties, and I'm like, but most of it's like I keep vague, kind of vague. I keep it kind of vague where it's like I know it's we're, we're gonna have to address this later, but. Don't worry, like, like, I'm always like, oh, don't worry, later you'll find out something else. Um, a lot of people who watched it, like, they, like, a lot of people who are watching it right now, um, let's see, there's one that I was looking at that was actually really interesting. It's like, a lot of people watching it are watching it, um, in, are watching the subtitle. So, the subtitle in their own native language, so that's gonna be interesting. And believe it or not, sixty-six uh, percent of the of our of our listeners were watching on Netflix. That, that, that's a that's a that's that's a that tells you how much how important Netflix is to some or, or having it available for streaming, of more like readily available. How important it is for people to have it. And a lot, and in second place is DVDs, and it says there, and in the third, it's going to be other services that offer the series like subtitle in their region. I do, I do believe in Mexico, um, Crunchyroll has the rights to it, both dubbed and subtitled. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people from Mexico and South America have access to that. And I do believe too that the series is airing over the air as well in Mexico. Still, which is shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are watching it subtitled, um, dubbed, and a lot of sub- same, and then, uh, surprisingly enough, second place, a lot of people are watching it locally dubbed in their, in their native language. So either people are watching it either in Spanish, or in French, or in Portuguese. So that's, that's, that's really good, to, that's really good to know, and it's, I think also it would be cool if, like, if they, if, like, those who are listening and ha- have, are sharing those experiences, but I share my experiences with you guys, like seeing in Spanish. And when we get to some, when we get to discussion later about Legend of the Sanctuary, I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit what was about that. I just saw in Mexico. Because like I, I live like literally right next to the border. I can tell you guys experiences from like living in like right next to the border and stuff like that. Um, in the future, should we cover and uh, Saint Seiya spinoffs? Overwhelming, overwhelming majority, one hundred percent say yes. Good, because <laughs> I I want to talk so much about the like. Lost Canvas and Omega and other spinoffs. I have so many opinions. Well, believe it or not, according to our according to our spreadsheet right here, out of all out of all of them, out of all of them that there are people really want to see, people really want us to, ch- to tackle the Lost Canvas. At sixty six percent, people really want to do Saint the Lost Canvas. Second place at twenty two percent is Saint Omega, and at eleven percent is Saint Seiya Soul of Gold. 
Yeah, that doesn't shock me. One Lost Canvas is beautiful animation. Omega is really good. And it's also like technically a quote unquote sequel. And Soul of Gold is a toy line. I like the absurdity of Soul of Gold. And it just might be my sense of humor that finds it just to be the most ridiculous nonsense on planet Earth. But I just love the like, it it reminds me so much of like, how they felt like um, with Sailor Moon, they were sort of running out of ideas to give her upgrades. So she just got freaking wings and a big bow and she was like rainbow colored. And I just feel like that's the same thing. Like they were just, we need to give these people upgrades. They're really popular characters. We're going to just throw caution to the wind and have a series literally about the gold saints. Cause that's what people have been asking for for years. And we're going to give them all wings for no reason. Even Taurus. Even ones who have wings will give a double wing. <laughs> More wings. <laughs> I mean, I, I like some of the things they did. I know. Even ones who have wings will give up double wings. It's great. I mean, I, I I like some of the things they did with Soul of Gold. I I like some of the character arcs that they did. If when we get to that, I will discuss that further. But it's also like, man. I know you wanted that toy money. I know you did. Why did you have to go about it this way? Well, if they would make more than like three at a time, then maybe they could get more toy money. Those things sell out so fast. Hey, hey, hey I love, I love, uh, I, I'm with Furry here. I love, I love me. I, I, if you can sell me on toys, the better. Toys says the guy, says the guy with like, looking, looking to his left is like all these Transformer toys. Oh my gosh, and I, I, full disclosure, I recently had come back from an anime convention, and I did see some Saint Seiya merch there, because that is what I do when I go to cons, is I search for Saint Seiya merch. I did buy something that is relevant to this episode. I also saw a Soul of Gold uh, saga that was 150 US dollars, and and I mean, it makes sense, but it also is like, oh no, that's not even the good design. That's not the hottest design. It's so ugly. <laughs> but the, for a solo gold figure, like I see them go for like three hundred plus most. Oh my gosh! Actually, yeah, there is no, no, no. One fifty was one hundred fifty dollars. Was the steel saint because they had the red steel saint. And then I think his, I think the Saga, I have to double check because I took a photo of it. It might have been over two hundred. It was. And it was like the evil color, so it wasn't even gold. It was like the black and silver and red. Oh no, that's a, that's a, that's the that's the one from uh, Cynthia Show. Is that what it is? Okay, because it was very expensive, and I was like, man, that's not even a good. That's not even the best design. Yeah, yeah, because that that's some that's that like eventually, like, I like I haven't seen Cynthia Show just yet, but I do know that like like, like Saga goes like that's his Ares armor. Like he eventually just just loses. The, the Aries, that's it. Okay, yes, yes, that makes sense. Cause <laughs> so, like, so it's so he just loses the, the Gemini cloth and like, ah, I am now the god Aries, and that's like the Aries arm was like that. And I because I, I remember seeing that same figure as well at another store in like Los Angeles. Cause I live in I live in I live in California. So if you haven't known like why like I talk about Mexico and stuff like that, so that should give you an idea. But. Um, there was a star up in Los Angeles that I was seeing, and like, yeah, that figure was like two fifty, easily. So I was like, that's. 
yeah, I think it was, it was, I think it was 250, almost two, maybe 280. It was crazy. And it was the Ares armor, I guess. It was not even I, well, like I, the best looking armor. Like, they I, had a I, show I, there. I, I also saw, I thought about, because I collect the girls specifically, but I, I got a different figure and it was a reasonable price. And I am not disclosing how much I spent on that because it is my personal bank account, but I did buy something. Well, no, you're talking to a guy who you're talking to a guy who looks a stage figure, right? And it's like, uh, you want not talk about how much I pay for this Captain America? <sighs> Let's not talk about that. Or this Batman I brought. Or this... Uh, Let's not talk about any of this stuff. Or this Mandalorian. Let's <laughs> not talk about it. Uh, I, 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 I bought worse for more expensive as well. I will fully admit that I did spend a lot of money on... Uh... Uh, probably more than I should have on a special limited edition uh, mermaid Thetis. So, okay, so, um, so going get, getting back on track here. Um, should we? Um, some of the topics that have been that been, there's some topics that have been, that have been suggested to us, and like some of them have been um, some of them we've have addressed before. Uh, video games and merchandise. Um, We've, we've done I've done an episode on that before, and I'm pretty sure I'm I'm also right, like like we do do another episode on that. Like we we can talk a lot about other things like the like the mobile games and like the 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 new console games and stuff like that. And also a lot of this, like a lot of characters when they really do a special appearance, like because I know like when they really do like a jump game, like Seiya's always most of the time is there. Um, a manga versus anime episode they want to see. Um, they want us to like have. They want us to see the same, the future of Saint Seiya. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like they want us to like just like just take a crystal ball and be like eating, meeny, miny. This is gonna happen. <laughs> well, I think probably like when they say the future of Saint Seiya, it's like, do you think it will continue to grow in popularity in the in the Western market, or do you think it will kind of continue to? stagnate or fade do you think they're going to do more spinoffs i mean listen toei knows that this cow is going to keep producing money they're going to keep milking it for a while <laughs> more toys <laughs> there's one there's one bit of there's one bit of news that got that got that got leaked and like i'm still trying to verify the information but apparently sensei is at a firm number three of like the of toys top like money makers series so it's like of course they're gonna find new ways to like milk it and also when i also gonna go i want to go over some numbers as well with saint Seiya legend of the sanctuary that's like okay this makes perfect sense as to like why why they did why they put this much money into it and something else like that's something else here that i'm not, i'm gonna like sweep under the rug for a special occasion here so we'll keep that in mind a lot of people 100 percent of the people want to see us talking about the movies guess what this, this is your episode and it's a good one. I mean, I like all the movies personally, but I, I think this is probably my favorite. Okay, yes. This is definitely my favorite movie. One, because it's beautiful. Two, because I will get into it. When we get into it, I'll, I'll explain why I feel it's so good. But I will be honest, there is one movie of the classic movies I cannot stand. And that is the one with Lucifer. That is like the... It is not my. It's not a good movie. I I I a strong opinion. It's not that good. It's not that good, but to, I'll give it this much. It goes by so quick. You not like it, it. It goes by like so quick. Like it's not really that offensive. <laughs> it's at least fifty. It's like at least forty-five minutes. So I'm like, yeah, that's like. Yeah, it's a forty-five minute movie. At least it's quick. 
Yeah, at, at least at least it's like it's like ripping off the, the bandaid at this point. Like I don't mind. Like I I I guess I see your points, but it's like, uh, but like when we get to when we get to that point, like they they did something really interesting in Mexico when they when they released that movie. Um, a lot of people want us to talk about the. Um, a lot of us want to talk a lot about, about want to see if we can get stuff like interviews and whatnot with the cast for the dub. I'll see what I can do about that. And also, surprisingly, one hundred percent of people wanted to 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 see if we can get interviews with people outside of the outside of um, the English sphere, but maybe possibly like voice actors and stuff like that behind people behind the scenes of the, of the of like other versions of the series. So that's something I, I can I can I can like uh, do some of this stuff. I can do like the Mex- I can do the Spanish side of a lot of it, but like. A lot, of that, a lot of that other stuff might be kind of difficult. So, it's like, if like if like we had, say, a French with like people who's in the French area or for Portuguese, from Portugal or something like that, that can help that that know that those languages can help me out with that. That we really appreciate it when that that time comes. But I do appreciate that like they are not just interested in the American voice cast, but also the international cast as well. Yeah, I I have some international friends. I can always spin my wheels at them and be like, "Hey, do you think that this would be something that you'd be willing to assist with?" I personally um don't speak uh any other languages very fluently other than English. I speak a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of Japanese, a little bit of French, not enough to hold an interview with someone who does not speak English. So, I would love to get into that and to give that a go, but yeah, I would have to it would need some help from some very considerate and appreciated yeah. other fans. Um, and just to, to, like just round things off, a lot of people. So for the people who live here in the United States, there's a fifty-fifty split as to like if you want to do if you want to do stuff concerning the series, concerning the show at their local convention. So it's a fifty-fifty split, both yes and no. So I mean, if a convention wants to fly me out to like California to be a guest, I'll do it. I'm not. I'm not above it. <laughs> and I'm not above. And I'm not above saving up to the gold. And I'm not above. And I'm not above saving up to the gold, gold to the to the East Coast either. Because like I've heard mythical, I've heard mythical, amazing stories about of all of those conventions. And I'm like, I want to go to those. I think those are more my pace. Here in California, they're 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 all party cons here. It's like it's all just like people getting drunk. I'm like, oh, can I, probably not. Can we not? And also, there's just like that's also it's also that's all just also like. They like it's either that or just like the wall, the wall. Like you know, let's cram everybody into like a sardine into like one area. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. I've done that with Centennial Comic Con so many times. It's like I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to deal with like cr- like huge crowds anymore. I want something a little bit more on like in between. In, in between, let's get drunk for the weekend and like cram everybody into a sardine to the convention center. I want I want that in between experience. That apparently in the East Coast, that's a lot of that. So it's like. At least in the East Coast, people, please, please. <laughs> I think of you. I'm I'm East Coast, and I just came back from an East Coast con. I actually was just talking to a friend about how uh, I'm going to sign up next year to do a Saint Seiya panel, possibly at Katsukan 2023. If anyone would be interested in that, just letting you know that's my plan. Um, in regards to conventions and things like that, uh, while we're on the topic of it, I would really like to. I mean, boo on me for not doing research before I bring it up, but to like reach out to some of the more prominent cosplayers that cosplay different characters from the show and kind of get their perspective on it. Maybe if they wanted to watch a couple of episodes, they could partake in the discussion as like a guest or something. Believe it or not, 
I'm not. Believe it or not, we, we like there, there's a question here that I was that I, that I neglected to talk about, and it says, "What would you like to see interviews with special guest hosts from personalities in the fandom, such as other podcasters, YouTubers, cosplayers, etc." One hundred percent of our listeners want to see that. Or why am I saying see? This is, you can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I would need to look up some cosplayers because it's, again, that it's, it's not because of its lack of iconicness in the U.S. There's not, it's not as common to see it at American conventions, like people cosplaying yeah. Saint Seiya characters. But most of the time, when I see them, they are uh, people from like Central America, South America, Mexico, things like that. Um, which again. We, we have you to help us out, which would be awesome because I want it to be... I, I know that the focus of the podcast is on bringing more um, awareness to Saint Seiya in the United States. Like, that's one of our big focuses, but it's a global thing. And yeah. English is spoken in a lot of areas, but for us to kind of have, like, a segment that is partially in Spanish or is with other Spanish speakers just kind of it makes it more inclusive and um, I I figure I can fumble my way through <laughs> to understand enough and you're correct on that one because it's like um, we're going to talk about something a little bit later in, the, in our news because like there really isn't that much news that not, that's not really pertaining to like English speaking this English speaking world but it's something that's going to be very interesting to see like how this how it pans out and see if like they can actually do something with this if the popularity does provide uh, if there's enough popularity of it and um, yeah like you know and, and it's, it actually here's another question that that's actually that's actually kind of interesting too for people outside the United States of a whopping 55% of people are con- maybe considering maybe if like we did something outside the United States they would actually like us to come to that convention that's great I'm glad that there would be an international I mean it, that's the whole point of this show is to unify a international community so i think that's great i i just kind of said my piece like i i just i want i, I want to be as inclusive as possible um i i know that like this series has a lot of international fans it has a lot of lgbtqia plus fans it has a lot of you know obviously japanese fans and i just want to make sure that it's not a one note type of thing where it's like the United States all the time or English dub all the time or whatever the case may be and this just kind of confirms that like other people are going to be on board with that which is it's good to know that the people that are listening are they want that too they want to see us continue to to expand and talk about a, a, variety, a variety of topics an array of things so I think it's I think it's good positive affirmation and going back to what we were saying about international um, international audiences, as I was as I as we round off our little question our questions here from the spreadsheet, um, a lot of our international viewers are actually like some say that if we actually do something in like outside the United States, they'd be actually be interested in it. And the majority of the people, the majority of them are actually people from like Mexico, and they and they, they mentioned a lot of when we ask those international people which ones they want to see, they either say La Mole, which is like. Mexico's equivalent of San Diego Comic Con, and a lot of like Mexico City ones. It's like, so it's like a lot of people in Mexico that would that would be interested in like, bringing 
people like that uh, bringing international fans. So there is a consistent a, a contingent of bringing of, um, of international fans that would like to support us. So I was like, that is really good to know. Uh, yeah, definitely. I and I and I agree. I think that it's good that people are willing to listen to us talk not just about the classic, because I think possibly that was sort of where it's, this show started was hey i want some you know ramsey's wanted to introduce people to the classic and which is great that's a great starting point but i also think it's important that we branch out and talk about different things because this series has been going on for like 35 years and so a lot of things have happened and come and gone different shows different styles different themes have been prevalent in the show we talked briefly last time about knights of the zodiac and how they tried to quote unquote modernize it girl boss it whatever you want to call it and you know today we'll talk about Legend of Sanctuary which is again a more recent addition that did different things tried to take a modern spin on certain aspects so I think it's good to like KRF said to talk about not only different perspectives not just the western or American perspective but also just different things in general because different things appeal to different people not everybody's going to want to watch the <laughs> old classic you know movies that are filler movies that are 45 minutes long and happen to end with a you know crazy death scene of a random villain that we never heard of before and never hear again not everybody's going to want to talk about toys or cosplay or everything but some people do and i think it's good to branch out so yeah, like that's that's pretty much all the answers here. It's like I said, like there's a lot of what I skipped, like that pertain to more like personal things, like you know ads and stuff like that. This is like you know, Patreons and stuff like that. That's stuff we can discuss in the future in, in private. But like I said, I wanted to address the stuff that's more relevant to the show. So that's so that's really cool that we got to talk a lot about that kind of things. So, um, any any closing thoughts on the on the, on the spreadsheet or anything that, that caught your attention? Anything that you that you guys want to uh, bring up? Yeah, and you know, variety. I think I think the whole term is the, the variety is is the guardian of life. So it's like, it's like the more things we can get, the better. So I mean, what's and I want to talk about this a little bit more. Like since we're talking about international things and like things that are happening internationally, um, let's talk about the news. Um, one of the big news things that uh, popped up recently was there is going to be a concert there's going to be a concert held in Mexico City at Arena Mexico 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 I shouldn't be I shouldn't be because that would be specific because there's Arena Mexico and there's Arena uh, Mexico City and those are two very different places so I gotta be very specific on that one so it's gonna be held on September 3rd of this year and originally it was supposed to be held in it was supposed to be held in February of 2000 not, not February it was supposed to be held like in September of 2020, but things happened. The world, the world decided to happen, and they had to delay the they had to delay the, the show until 2022. I'm really happy that they that they were able to get that they were able to still like find a way to get this show in to be made. Um, and it's interesting because like, this is the very first concert for Saint Seiya. And you know, it's I've been, I've been to many concerts before, of, like these kind of orchestras of um, where like the conductor, the local conductor would, would like play music from like the, either the shows or from like in this case, I actually watch a lot of from video games. A lot of them play like music from the video games and stuff like that. So it's it's really good. It's really if you have, if you live in the area in Mexico, I highly encourage you to like take the take the plunge and go watch it. Even if like even if you're just morbidly curious, 
it's like going to going to that kind of concert experience is a, is a unique experience, you know. Hey, I I I have been going to because of that I've been going to concerts that outside of like fan stuff for, for China time now because of that, and I I've gained a new appreciation for for what my what my local um what what, what my what my local symphony does and stuff like that. So it's like that's that's really that that's really cool. So they're they're putting a lot of effort to like getting the. Symphony of whoever's going to do symphony, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the local symphony of like of uh, Mexico City. They're gonna they're gonna be conducting it, and you know they, they, that would also support them as well for like doing future events like this as well. Um, so like I said, like I know this is not necessarily an American thing, but it is something that I would like to see in like done in like conventions. I know they've done something similar to that, like at like Anime Expo and here in San Diego Comic Con, where they do the schedule. A, a, a concert like this, and obviously they wouldn't do what Saint said. They wouldn't do like like something a little bit more popular, like you know, Dragon Ball or Sailor Moon. But like a Saint, a Saint Seiya one would be like ideally like a really good one to have. So, what are you guys thoughts? Like, what do you guys would like to see from a concert like this if they bring it to the United States? Or what are you guys thoughts on like this, this concert series? Yeah, um, it was. It's been a while. I it was before I got married though, so it's been it was a while back. Um, I've been married for almost six years now, but they did a Final Fantasy X concert, um, symphony type of thing, and it toured around to a bunch of different dates, and when I say nobody stops in St. Louis, I mean zero people in the history of ever stop in St. Louis, which is where I'm based at, um, and it just, um, the, the symphony did though, and I was kind of on the fence because, you know, I was a lot younger than I am now, and I was like, symphonies are for nerds. I, I don't know. Like, I like Final Fantasy X, but do I like it that much? Decided not to go. Saw clips of it. Instant regret. Biggest regret that I had from, like, for, like, a, a long time. So if there was one for literally anything that I'm interested in, I'm going to it. But Saint Seiya, I would 100% be there with the best tickets that I could get just be in fangirl city over in the corner because i love all the music i i just like especially the classic series i just i love all of the the orchestral like background music and stuff like that and i think it would just be so cool because typically with those um i don't know if they've announced too many details on the one in uh the ones in mexico yet but they usually have visuals and stuff to accompany it and depending on how big the budget is there will sometimes be like original new cool something that hasn't been seen a lot and even if it is just them playing the opening theme to see it in this big auditorium on like a mega screen i would die so 100 percent, it needs to happen here it needs to happen here in the united states um and it needs to come to st louis or some, or at least Chicago. Like, come on. Um, but no, I. If traveling were more accessible and less um, d- dangerous in like a health sense, I would say that I would go. Um, I would want to go to the one in Mexico, but it's it, unfortunately it's not an option right now. So maybe it'll maybe maybe the, if this one is successful, we'll expand it to other places, or do it again when things are better. Uh, I if they brought it to if they brought it to the U.S. I would absolutely get a ticket. I would love to go to a concert because, honestly, some of the music in the, I mean, Pegasus Fantasy is iconic. It is the best song 
It is the best intro opening song I've ever for for a show. It's one of the top ten, I think, if not top five. Um, definitely would go. Definitely would enjoy it. I would like to hear some of the songs from other parts of this. I mean, it's just good music. It's good music to be a good time. I would love to go to a uh, fandom-based concert. They don't really have that in the East Coast. They mostly do them on the West Coast. I mean, it's... I, I How do you think I feel living in the Midwest? <laughs> like, there, if, if no, anything comes way. here, it'll come to Chicago, which is only four hours away, but Chicago is also an extremely expensive city to manifest out of um so i as much as i love going there and when when i used to travel a lot more before covid i did go there quite frequently it is a very expensive place to go so it's not like i it, it takes a lot of planning and obviously a, a saint say a concert would be something that i would plan for if it went there but you're right like most of these big events tend to just be one East Coast city being LA, or sorry, one one West Coast city being LA and one East Coast city being New York, and the middle of the country is just a big old question mark. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would gladly go if travel was more accessible and less of a concern for me at the moment. I would love to go again. I would be the same. I'd be like, hey, give me. I would get the best tickets I could. I would absolutely go there. Be a total nerd about it. Love the whole show. <laughs> Lose my mind. It's just the worst part about those sort of things. Because, like, the Final Fantasy orchestras happen a lot. Um, I happen to be... They always... I don't know what it is about... Especially shows that are coming... Like, any kind of orchestra or things that are based on a Japanese-based IP. Um they seem to think that there's two cities in the United States and that's Los Angeles and New York. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate thing when it comes to these, these kinds of shows. It's just like, it's like, and you, you kind of refer to was, was correct. Um, a lot of these shows, it's like either New York or Los Angeles. And you know, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to know that I, I live in Los Angeles. That I can then it's, it's an easy commute for me to go up to Los Angeles. I know people up in Los Angeles. I know like a lot of uh, cosplayers. I know a lot of people up there. So it's like it's no problem for me to like to like go go up there. But I also understand too for like someone that lives in the middle of the United States or someone that does that's not in, like, nearby um, New York, it's going to be very difficult. So it's like I, but I do hope that's like 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 my hope. My hope is at least that like they like they, they at least hit something big and something major and something that fans can like here, especially United States, can all come together at. But that's just me being you know hopeful. But like, um, I'm not going to officially endorse it because I am against piracy. But if somebody were to record portions of this and make it available to me in any fashion, I would say, you are a horrible pirate, and then I would confiscate the video and make sure that nobody saw it and that Tui knew that I am on their side, and I might watch it. You know, some places are really cool. <laughs> so, like, you know, some are really cool about that kind of thing. So, also, like, there, there isn't, like, there isn't, like, um, so... Don't 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 worry too much about like piracy and stuff like that. They, they, they actually a lot of a lot of those places, 
actually do encourage like people to like record and stuff like that. I know that here, like our when you when there's like things like that, the symphony and ballet and opera and stuff like that, there's a strict no camera policy for for the venues that I've been to. But I know it's per venue. But a lot of that is to kind of prevent copyright copyright infringement and stuff like that. Yeah, it's more for the artists, so they don't be distracted for anything. That that's what it mainly is. But for um, but like concerts like that, it's like I've I've been to many concerts where it's just like like if you're in a certain area, you're more than you're more than allowed to like um, to record stuff like that. Like for like because I know we were like in the nosebleed section for uh, one of these concerts for a Final Fantasy concert, and like yeah, a certain area like in the up front you can't do it, but like if you're in the way in the back, you're okay. Yeah, I, again, it, New York is not impossible for me to go to, and I and I have done short stints to New York for concerts or whatever, so it's not impossible, but it would be nice if it was a little closer, even D.C. I mean, come on, D.C. is the capital of the country. Please, <laughs> please. That's, like, so much closer. And, or Chicago, there's... You know, then there's also places like anywhere south of the Mason-Dixie line, you you don't get anything. Anyone who's in the south will never, never get to see these sort of things. So the accessibility is is very limited, which is always disappointing. Alrighty, so uh, with that out of the way, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be hearing more information about that concert soon. But let's go on to our main topic: Saint Sale Legend of the Sanctuary, or I think Nuri said it best. Um, it's Saint Seiya, the Twelve Houses speed run. Yes, it's so good. Excellent movie. An hour and a half of pure serotonin. Oh goodness! For and and it's just it's simultaneously one of the best ways and worst ways to get into the show too because it's just breakneck speed so like if you go into it as like this is a sampler platter of what you can have like if you watch the full show it is amazing if you go into it never have seen seeing Saint Seiya before and expecting it to make sense I am sorry I am so sorry because it's not going to because it's so I, I, I literally have the word rushed in my notes like seven times um, because uh, there's just so many things that they they like touch on or they rush through. There's a lot of iconic fights that don't get highlighted as much in in lieu of other iconic fights because it's a shonen anime, so it has a billion iconic fights in it. Um, yeah, I mean, like especially the Gold Saints arc is just because that's all it is. It's like it's basically a tournament arc without the tournament bracket because it's a bunch of mostly one-on-one fights and like one or two episodes will be dedicated specifically to a fight but in this movie it's like 45 seconds is dedicated to that fight like the 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 Hyoga Camus fight I was like I love Camus and then Camus is gone <laughs> like 30 seconds later gone <laughs> It's like you you have five seconds to let me know who this person is. Oh, master, and then and then it's over. <laughs> like that's what happens. The 
but but people that watch the original series and know the context really appreciate that moment and it doesn't it, it's a movie so it doesn't need to be lingered on but if you had no idea because up until that point they hadn't even mentioned i made a note of this they, up until that point they hadn't even mentioned that they were all trained by different people so this uh, well uh, the, i will say th- they do they do mention um earlier on um right before when we'll, right before they get into like sanctuary proper um shiryu is having his whole like monologue about this is the te- temples and this is virgo and blah 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 and and then it's realized that they mentioned oh yeah you learned this from your teacher who's libra so they do mention that he at least was trained by somebody different but nobody else is given that context of like oh yeah we all had different teachers <laughs> and and even then that's kind of like they're sort of talking over him like with subtitles it's obviously a lot easier but because you're getting the whole thing but they are talking over him for the most part of that because it's kind of the running gag that he's too serious and you know they they think that it's funny that he's super serious all the time yeah i you described it best as like an appetizer platter this is like the charcuterie board of saint Seiya. it has a little bit of everything it's got it it, it has all of the premiere characters i guess would be the best way to put that all of, all of the the extremely popular characters in it minus one who was literally on screen to die but we will get to that we will get to that everybody else um and then the like the scorpio milo thing was a little bit strange um i think it's actually really interesting that they did that with milo of all people and yeah but number one milo is so iconic and number two um, we talked about it last time about the the female saints covering their face, and it was interesting because she spends most of the time in the movie with her face covered, and only uncovers it for very brief moments. And I found myself the very first time I watched this, like trying to figure out because the the voice is very feminine, but so are like half of the characters in the show. So I was like, I don't know if this is actually a female or not. And then finally, when she took her mask off, but it, it, it kind of brings back to that thing that we were talking about in the previous episode with the female saints and how, um, the it's handled a little bit better here because you get the feeling that she doesn't want to show her face without them having to give you the long extended backstory of all the different like china and all the other female saints especially since the silver saints sort of don't exist in this movie i mean they do but right. not really well what i feel is really with milo one being turned into a girl and then having the whole mass situation is that they all have like all of them have masks technically because their helmets are almost all fully covered except for their eyes. And so the fact, and I think that, yeah, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the things that's sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry, but that's one of the things I absolutely love about this. It is very good. It's such a good design. See what I like about that design is that it totally has it where Milo can have her face covered for most of the time without it being a thing that separates her from the guys. She still is separated that she continues to keep her face covered, but everybody has a covering at some point. Yeah, and they, they not only that. It's like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Like face coverings on on, on characters is just fucking badass. <laughs> It's so cool. And it feels like um, it it looks very, again, calling back to an old show, it looks very much like Ronin Warrior's mask. 
in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And but I, I like them more because like, it gives it more like like a like it'll, they look more like you know like uh, like like knight armors from like the like the sixteenth seventeenth century. It has that so like they, 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 if you ever look at like if you ever look at like Greek photos or like like the with a battle mask and stuff like that. That's how they kind of that's how they look as well. So that's a really really cool attention to detail where they, where they can where you see the battle mask, and it's kind of like set up similar to those kinds of masks that they had like back in those days. Like I just clarify it, yeah. Like the more the Europe, the more like the Roman Roman mask, and not not the European knight mask. Well, no, and they also look a lot like samurai masks because samurai masks will also have like the face covering, so you can see a variety of influences from different cultures, like the Roman Grecian sort of thing, and then also from obviously Japan and stuff like that. So it's a really cool combination, which I think adds to that element of sanctuary that I feel is very like not it should be touched on more that sanctuary itself is supposed to be like a melting pot because even though they all you know serve athena they are all in greece and they all have like very grecian aesthetics in the original it's a melting pot of cultures marin and Seiya are japanese and there's people who are from algeria and spain and Norway and Denmark, all these different countries. It makes sense that they would have a lot of variety of influence, especially since Sanctuary has been going on since, you know, to quote Julian Solo, like the age of myth, you know? So it makes sense that there'd be a combination of different influences and different styles. And again, this movie tried very hard to, because Sanctuary, from what I can tell, is in another dimension. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say though, like with the melting pot, because like when you, I didn't think of it that way initially. Like obviously, like there's the whole joke that like all these people in Greece speak fluent Japanese, like the obvious low hanging fruit joke there. But like towards the end of the movie, when they have that additional fight scene to give the gold saints more screen time, because again, they're the money makers for the show. Um, they fight like an Anubis statue. And I found that absurd. It, but then like, but, but now that you're kind of bringing that into context a little bit for me, that's not as weird because there are, I mean, like eventually spoiler alert, the main series goes into other mythos eventually. So why wouldn't they have, potentially had like an egyptian themed you know season or whatever at some, at, at some point had it continued going on so that now that makes a little bit more sense but i just found it especially since because my character is an anubis so i was like yay but then i was like what is happening on my television <laughs> well no no i I think it's a yeah I I think just having that combination of influences makes this movie so good because again Sanctuary like I said is in another dimension so it's kind of because they try to be like okay well now we have to make it modern because we can't have it set in the 80s and so they have it set in like 2014 or something because you know they have like more technology and stuff like that even though if they're only in the quote-unquote real world for like the first 20 minutes of the movie before they they flip over to sanctuary and sanctuary again they have to go through like a dimensional door or something i think it 
Right. <laughs> I think it's really interesting for them to have it where sanctuary is removed from the Nethys. Because then it explains how they can have all these people with all these superpowers exist with that, without it being like, oh, yeah, by the way, they just live in the woods outside of Greece. <laughs> you know? I have a theory, and I want you guys, and I want you guys to like cure me here for a bit. One of the things I, I when I saw that, when I saw how Sancho was set up, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Ace of Mount Olympus. So like that's that that, that when I, when they went so like to me my brain my 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 brain when I, when, I, when they did all this it was like oh okay so the sanctuary instead of being part of Greece that was part of uh, and that was part of Mount Olympus and where they're going is like Mount Olympus so it's like to me I feel like that adds to like more like this this myth, this mythical like fantasy world that they go into if like if you say like oh if they're in um they're they're in um. They're, they're, they're in um they're in Mount Olympus where like they're right there right next to the gods and stuff like that so that that to me that makes perfect sense how I logically process it when I first saw it because it's like and I felt that was a really good way of doing the handling it because it's like you're, you're you're right you know with 2014 when this movie came out you know we we, we get to see Japan it's, it's more everything's modern and it's so sort of like and it's like you see that really right away when 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 we see everybody put on their cloths and everything. There is like a clash of like of, of, of like modern aesthetic and this ancient Greek aesthetic, and then when you get to the when you get to like the sanctuary when you get to this, when you get to the sanctuary, it feels a little bit more a little bit more uniform. Like this, like they, like everything makes perfect sense that why they wear the armors the way they are, and such. It fits. It totally fits when they go from the yeah they went from they go from Japan into sanctuary. It all meshes because you're like okay now I believe that this is where they're from because their aesthetic matches, and like just the just the visual designs of this movie make me so happy because I wish I I. I'm usually somebody who's like, we don't need two and a half hour movies anymore. Marvel has ruined movies for us to have to sit in a theater for three hours. I would gladly watch seven hours of this movie. I would watch 24 hours of this movie because it is so pretty. It is gorgeous. I love the set design. I love the character design. I love everything about it. It is a beautiful, beautifully done movie. Because it it came from that era where they were kind of doing this animation style with a lot of properties. I know there was a Captain Harlock movie that was really similar. Also really good. Animated. What was there was another big one that was really similarly animated. Um, but the 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 other ones were longer, and it just it it because the Captain Harlock one is like two or two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's it's long. It's a very long movie. Was it Lupin the Third? Was another one? Was that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I know there was several in this like hyper realistic animation. It, it's semi real. It, it's semi realism because it's still very quote unquote anime looking, but it's but it's stylized and yeah, very much. Like what I love about because I again I wish I could have just oh I wish this could have been a video game even just so I could explore the whole world because when they go through each of the temples and all the temples look so fascinating because when you go through Ares temple before you see Mu like the temples are gigantic I mean they already look huge in the original 
in the original they have like you know the ceilings are super tall and they're dark because they don't you can't see the top of the ceilings you just see columns and stuff but all the i mean other than a few details here and there all the temples kind of look the same and i understand it was probably because of the budget they're like okay we're going to reuse the same cells over and over again so they all have that quote-unquote grecian aesthetic but with this you know leo temple looks totally different from taurus looks different from you know i think they also go into aquarius it looks different from capricorn it looks so they all look they're all unique which i think is really cool because then it touches again on each of the characters i speaking of like the because first of all i was going to tell a joke forever ago that if, if Ramses wants to shove this in somewhere, it looked to me like they were playing Bayonetta. That was my joke. But anyway, I'll move on. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> of all the, like the floating, you know, architecture and things like that. And I, for the life of me, I don't know when that game yeah. came out. I just know that it's been out for a while. Um, yeah, but I, I, but anyway, I, I really like how they, the temples are like orbiting. It doesn't quite make mm-hmm. sense. Because when there, the scene, again, where they're sort of talking over him, and if they hadn't talked over him, maybe I'd have my answer a little bit more. Um, but where um, Shiryu is, like, explaining, you have to start in this temple, and then you go to this temple, and then this one, and then this one. He was pointing them out, and they didn't look like they were exactly connected by any walkway. And so, like, I don't understand how that works, like, logistically, but it looks beautiful. Like, with all the orbital palaces around the main like pope area like cathedral or whatever and it when you think about it when when you think about it when they uh when seiya and 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 uh saori first go they're like okay we gotta go to the next temple and he like winds up he she he's carrying her and he winds up and he like jumps off a yoga he uses yoga as like a springboard and i'm like is that what they have to do do they have to like double jump to get to the next place soon they're doing that they're doing that they're doing that super mario butt jump <laughs> yeah it's like he, he had to do that wow, i forgot the name i forgot what the speed what speed runners call it but it's like they had they have to do that that that, that butt leap to, to get to the next area yes <laughs> but no you, yeah you're right it's like you know like, like i said this adds a more to what i was saying it's like it feels a lot more like like um like i'm not living because like there, it feels like it feels like this weird out of place world it's not, it's not part of our it's not part of our universe and yeah and I, I get and it adds to like you know like this era of like you know of like what if week times never really ended and it's really really good and when it, and like you said like you know it's like it's those weirdest it's like that aesthetic is so and it's like you know if there's if there's one thing that if there's one thing that I'll I, like I'll I'll, I'll I'll die on, on its hill for it's like one of the most gorgeous looking that I've seen in a while concerning CGI when it comes to stuff like this. Obviously, yeah, there's there's, there's your Pixar movies and stuff like that, that that do it way better. But for something that's not Pixar, this is incredible. Yeah, for something that isn't one of the... I mean, Toei is a huge conglomerate it's still a huge studio but for something that isn't disney 
for something that isn't Pixar or, you know, again, one of the big powerhouses in the Western sphere, at least. It's such a good movie because it's also, I, I mean, again, it's different. It's a different culture. In Japan, anime is just cartoons. It's the same as SpongeBob and whatever here in the West. So it's not like, it'd be like if the SpongeBob movie had, like, it was made out of beautiful CGI. You know, it's, it's just such a gorgeous, well done movie. Again, beautiful sets, beautiful characters. People, I, I know when the movie first came out, I remember when it first came out because people were, you know, dropping spoilers and, you know, screen grabs and everything on Tumblr. Because that's where Saint Seiya was. There's a big Saint Seiya fandom in, on Tumblr a couple years ago. It's kind of faded off by now. But people were like, oh, look at these designs. And like they were complaining about it. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm here for it. I think they look great. I think that their expressions are so well done. Seiya is very animated and he's goofy and he's funny. I also appreciate that. I love that so much. I love that he's just like this goof. This, this stupid little goofball sometimes. And he got these expressions like... I know. Right, he's so... It's so comical. And Saori is also... Because even though she is not as expressive as some, you know, of the other characters, because they still want female characters to be quote-unquote pretty, even as they emote, so they don't emote as exaggeratedly as someone like Saya does or whatnot she still emotes a lot more than I've seen with a lot of CGI anime girls because you know she gets frustrated and she like screams and she's like ah and runs around and she like pouts and it's really good I think they did a good job I also love that you know, there's there's like no linear progression here. I like love that they cut her hair in the start of the movie. I know that like in the in next, and, that, and that it was like a part of the plot. It wasn't just like no, we need yeah. to we need to have like a new character model, a new toy, you know, new upgrade or something like that. It, it was a plot. Something happened in the plot. It kind of was symbolic of her starting to embrace this new world instead of being afraid of it. Because mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Thematically, a haircutting, especially when a woman's hair is cut, is a transitional thing. It is used, it is very much used as a plot device as transition. When a woman's hair is cut either by force or of her own volition, it's, it, it's a signifier of her moving into the next stage of her journey. So for her to go from the long, you know, straight slicked haired Ojo Soma to like you know this princess character to be like okay I need to step up and take accountability for this thing that's happening to me I want to have control I want to take charge I don't want to be a victim because her first scene is her being targeted by these messengers and lackeys of you know, Sanctuary, who think that she's a fake Athena. Speaking of, uh, I have to get back to it in a sec. But, you know, she's like, I'm going to take control. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie down and let people kill me or let other people take care of me. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go to Sanctuary myself. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to take my role as Athena and you can't stop me. 
that's what was, that was gonna that was gonna be one of my talking points is that I really do really appreciate the fact that Athena um, Sayori is more active. He's, she's more of an active participant in all of this. Uh, in all of this, she's more willing to like be in, in the front lines with with the other saints than she was in the other series. Granted. Yeah, the in the original, I, I she just like she went from being this kind of almost brat borderline because she wasn't super nice. Well, she was a brat. She was a horrid, <laughs> I, horrid bitch. I, I, I hate insulting women, but like she was she was a bratty character, and then like as soon as they're like you're Athena, it's like her personality snapped into like regal power boss lady mode, and there wasn't a very good transition arc in my opinion, for her. So I think that that combined with her playing, like, basically a damsel in the distress role during the gold arc, which is arguably the most iconic part of the show, I think that they wanted her to be more involved, wanted her to be a more active character, and I think the fans did too, because that's one of the biggest complaints that I see about Sayori as a character, is that for the most important part, she's not there. And in this movie, she is. And they, she uses her, like, Cosmo regeneration powers and things like that, even though she's wounded and she knows that that's going to cut her, like, clock way down. She does it because she knows that she, like, they are her protectors. And she actually, she also has to return the favor back to them as opposed to just being, like, basically dead in the House of Ares for, like, 60 episodes. <laughs> like, she does more. And I I also speak, again, I mentioned this briefly that I wanted to talk about. What I love is that they, this movie did a lot with, to explain details that were lacking, I feel, in the original Sanctuary arc. Because nobody, like, maybe I missed something in the Sanctuary arc and I'm wrong and people will yell at me on Twitter. But the fact is that nobody had seen Athena in 13 years. And everyone was like, yeah, it seems like Pope Arles is right. And it's fine. We should trust this guy who has dragons on his on his motif. But like in this movie, he has an illusion, a fake Athena that like it, it, it she was like a like almost like a mannequin or some kind of puppet that he cast an illusion on. But I love that, that he used her in, like, ceremonies to be like, see, I do have Athena. She's right here versus, no, she's in the house. She's in her house. You can't see her, but it's fine. <laughs> you know? No, she's asleep. She's asleep. Don't, don't, don't disturb her. Don't disturb her. She's been asleep for, like, she's been asleep for two weeks. She's been asleep for, like, two weeks, man. Come on. We need to see her. Don't worry about it. But for him to be like, <laughs> right, for him to be like, I have an actual puppet Athena. It was very well. I was like, yes, finally a plot hole that was filled. It was a good job. I think with that, I think again, this movie, this movie's not again, it's a speed run. You got to rush. They like every, they don't even, they don't go to half the houses. They didn't go to Gemini temple. They didn't go to Gemini temple, which breaks my heart to this day they didn't go to uh they don't think they yeah they fought yeah so so they so they skipped um so they skipped the um, scorpio libra um um virgo i think they also skipped they didn't 
they didn't skip they 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 did not skip Leo because uh Leo was uh was was Seiya and Shun. Shun's like 10 seconds of fight. <laughs> Which again, I was so upset because Shun's fight with in Pisces Temple is such a good fight because it shows that Shun can kick so much ass. And poor Shun was like, nope, I'm just going to throw my chains around a little bit and then get my ass kicked and save my brother again. I'm like, okay, here we go with this song and dance again. Do we do we even want to address the fact that, that Iki... Number one isn't there for the movie, and number two, kind of, he, he's there, but is he there? And he doesn't have, he doesn't have those badass moments. He he sort of does towards the beginning where they introduce him and show his beautiful armor, my favorite armor in the entire movie. But like, he doesn't have any of his iconic fights, and then when he does fight, he gets his ass kicked, and like. He doesn't get to be badass like in the show. I feel like because he was always like the sixth Power Ranger that comes in and you know, he's the Black Power Ranger. Yeah, like he comes in and, and, and like wrecks every like they're they're all getting their asses handed him and he comes in and just wrecks the place and you know, is boss and yes he he does get beaten occasionally but he's usually like the trump card that comes in in like the fifth hour and saves everybody, but he didn't do that and that was so I felt like that was a missed opportunity for something so iconic to the show because like the bit at the beginning where he fought that silver saint yeah okay like he was pretty cool there but yeah I just it it just it it made me sad I, I forgave them for him not being in that first scene the bridge scene because he is the loner and he does keep to himself a lot um but the fact that he was so underutilized and when he was utilized it wasn't in a way that i felt was faithful to how he has been in every other depiction um in the manga and every anime that he's been in he's always the like the fighter of the group like the rest of them are like you know say is all about speed you could argue that you know, Shun is long range. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, well, but you could. Yeah, but like he, yeah, but but. but Iki is just brute force strength, and that mm-hmm. I just we didn't get to see that, and that was really disappointing. And plus, we saw his armor twice, and his armor was gorgeous. We saw mo- we saw the gold saints more than we saw him. <laughs> I feel like we saw Aldebaran more than we saw Hiki, which is weird. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that this, the, 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 like, the majority of was just fanservice to the Gold Saints for the most part, in my opinion. That's, I think, one of the, like, one of the more, the, if there's a flaw in a movie, it would be that. That's, like, it's a really Gold Saint-heavy movie. And we don't really get this. Yeah. We maybe had this discussion before, but it's like, more so now, more so in this movie, and then also when we see Soul Gold later, like when we get to it much later, we realize it's like the, the main selling point here is the Gold Saints. Like that's what we, that's what the, that's what all everybody wants, and that's what we, and that's what they're pretty much like setting up for, really. And I feel that's kind of disappointing because like because I, I, I think that there's like great characterization with like the other with the uh, like the main Bronze Saints, and I feel like those should have been explored a little bit more. 
But I feel like like at one point he just like okay whatever let's just let's just get all let's get all gold things together and let's let's have a little badass stuff while the gold things just while the while LeBron things just like sit on their thumbs and wait for something to happen. Well, Shun is also defense. I think like his one of his attacks is literally rolling defense. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Saya Saya becomes one punch man. The gold saints are taking down a literal giant. The bronze saints are just kind of like, Saya, are you okay? You okay, girl? We got you. Like that. That that's the final scene of the movie in a nutshell. Like everybody's doing every everything except for the bronze saints. We'll say. He got that weird arm cannon thing. I don't. Was that? That was not anywhere else, right? Like, I, I, what his weird arm cannon that he, like, no, that was okay. I mean, that's it's because that's what sells. We all know why. Well, no, it was it, they, did, they did it before in the manga and also the anime where it's like that's the part where he's like, give me all your powers, everybody, and then all of a sudden he's fighting Icky and how he's using everybody else's powers. That was supposed to be that, but they found a way to like. Let's 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 just make it physically in, in a physical form. Let's give him a Mega Man cannon for an arm. Like <laughs> it was it was very bizarre. Like some of the design choices, like as as much as I love the character design, some of the design choices were interesting. Like how how like some of the like and we've we've talked before about like the mistreatment of the Silver Saints and like how the a lot of fans skip over of the, over them, and a lot of them ended up being like villains of the week. But we had some really interesting Silver Saints in the show, and like all of the ones that they showcased in this movie were like super like stylized, cartoony, like almost like old timey looking villain. Yeah, like it reminded me a lot of like uh, like Cyborg Zero Zero Nine. That was a that was a Legend of Sanctuary original. I don't even think they're silver saints. I don't. I thought the thing. I don't think they're silver saints. I just think they're just regular ass like, foot soldiers. I think some of them, but like no, the guy who shoots the arrow, Ptolemy, he's a silver saint. I was actually. I have it in my notes. Who is this villain on the bridge supposed to be? They never name him. They just kick him into the sky, and he's forgotten. I think he's like like in the original series how they would have like randos who would just like fight who were, had like you know they had like the helmets on so you couldn't see their eyes and they were just kind of like generic randos a perfect yeah. opportunity for them to use the black saints and they didn't do it <laughs> the black saints or even just again like you said some silver saints because they could have thrown in you know the whale guy they could have thrown in the medusa guy anybody you know it and they, and they have the perfect way to do that because, like, the, when the winter in the sanctuary, when they're all gathered up, when, when Hope Ares is like, "Look, here's Athena. Don't believe in their lies. Here's Athena herself." You could have had, you could have had, like a, a panning shot with like all the other, with the, all the other gold saints, all the other silver saints and stuff like that. Like how, like how the old X Men movies before the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, they would have somebody in the background. And if you read the comics, you knew who they were. But if you didn't, it was just a random person in the background. But like, for the, it was like fan service for the hardcore fans. And I wish they would have done something like that, as opposed to having these like cartoony, like weird proportion, strange looking mooks that had no purpose. Um, and then anything I, I, that they don't even uh, they don't even mention 
Shina and Marin because, you know, they don't, again, they, like you mentioned, they only briefly touch on the fact that uh, Shiryu's teacher is Doko and that uh, Kamu is Yoga's teacher. They only briefly be like, hey, by the way, teacher, cool. They at no point are like, by the way, everybody has their own teacher. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, it's kind of a, a an aside or I guess an, a follow-up topic is that in terms of characters I loved the way that they did a lot of the characters I loved that Shiryu was like the nerd that everybody kind of picked on and would joke on and and I love that you know goofs that were that people make to this day about the original like Shiryu always has his shirt off so Shiryu never has clothes on and like he's the one person who never changes he never changes out of his armor <laughs> he never changes out Oh, okay, okay. Okay, hold on. I think I have a theory on that. I think it's more of a technical thing than it is, like, something story-wise. I believe that, like, they, they like, this movie was, like, dragging, like, they, they dragged this movie out kicking and screaming. And they couldn't, and they couldn't, they, they couldn't give, um, Shiryu, like, a proper civilian closing time. So they said, fuck it! Let's just give him, let's just make him an armor all the time. Screw it. Save money. Yeah. But it, it's also just good because it, it fits his character to be somebody that that they all that all his friends are like, oh man, Shiryu, you're such a dork, and it's so good because he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I I love the Shiryu Wikipedia <laughs> where he's like going through everything, and everybody's just like, we're gonna just walk away. <laughs> And he gets so mad. And it's so funny because he's just like, you jackasses! And it's so good. It's just, they they feel like actual kids. They feel like teenagers. It, like, because... Yeah, and I like that. Like, it, it does fit the character. And he, yes, he does take off his armor eventually. Because he has to. He's, it's like he's contractually obligated at, 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 at that time. Like, that's his thing. We expect that. And, like, Shun, Shun has, like, really baggy clothes and keeps, like... So um, he it's fits in with more of like the modern day version of androgyny because he's always meant to be that androgynous character. Like back in the eighties, it was more like looking like the opposite gender of, of what you were assigned at birth or what you identify as. Is that was kind of androgyny. Now androgyny is look it's like more being somewhere in the middle. And with the baggy clothes and the longer hair, like Shun could pass for male or female. But it's again, it's just a detail that's included, and it's not a plot point. And I, I love that. I love the details in it. They could have gave Aldebaran his unibrow, but that's a different story. But <laughs> you win some and you oh, lose god. some for a character design. No oh god, no one had unibrows, and I'm very upset. Listen, Saint Seiya is a is a series of unibrows. Aldebar Aldebaran's disappearing unibrow because I, in some of the scenes he has it and some of them he doesn't and it always concerned me watching the original the yassification of Aldebaran but in this one he keeps the his he, he, he might have it he doesn't take his helmet off so it might be there but I love the nose ring the, the face piercings the tattoos the body hair peak character design peak Oh, Death Mask is a gross, gross, hairy little man, and it's so good. It's like, um, just seeing, just seeing, uh, Death Mask is like, like, who, do do, do, do any of you guys play, do any, do any of you guys play Yakuza? Uh, yes, I have. 
He reminds me so much. Okay, so Nuri, you might get this. He reminds me so much. And when I was my first watch it, I was like, oh my god. He reminds me of Goro Majima. So much. No, I was just gonna say I had a very different reaction to what he reminded me of, and I, I I've already talked to, to Ramses a little bit about this, and Ramses I think disagrees with me. But he comes in from the ceiling on balloons. He has a song and dance, and then he turns out to be literally Satan. It's it just gave me Stephen King's it vibes, like the old it's Stephen Curry. It's Pennywise. It, he he gave me Pennywise vibes, like legitimately, and I don't, I one hundred percent don't think it was intentional. I do not, but that's just like, it just hit me like he because Pennywise is like this happy clown. He's gonna sing a song and tell some jokes, and then he's gonna kill you and send you to the afterlife. And eat you. <laughs> what I- yeah, and, and, and that's one, and that's a one part. Like you know, I may disagree, but like on that regards, I, I will. I, was, I see. I, I'll see you halfway. I will see you halfway. He, he, it's so funny for me because in the original, he, he's clearly evil. Listen, he had faces of children in his house. That's fucked up. But he, what I love about this movie, and even the armor rejected it. Is like, like even the armor's like, you know, fuck this. Whoop. He, he. He, he's so good because it, he reads as like a different sort of evil because in the original he's kind of like a cartoony villain because then like when in his fight he has like really long nails and he's like I'm you know like a caricature of like an evil guy and I'm still like conventionally like anime like not attractive but anime neutral I'm not hideous and the movie it's just like he's got a big old tribal tattoo he's got a ton of body hair he's got you know a missing eye he's got beads in his hair he's he looks like he smells like bad weed and like booze and I love it (laughs) (laughs) he's a troll he he's a literal troll underneath the bridge (laughs) I was gonna say it's like that, and that's why I guess that's why I got that Goro Majima vibe because like that's essentially Goro Majima, it's this dirty, angry, pissed off psychopath, and it's like yeah, that that that, that describes uh, that describes um Death Mask right there. It's just like, and yes, like there is a song and dance attached to it as well because he does a lot of singing and dancing as well. The song is so good. The song, the first time I saw this movie, I was flabbergasted because the song was hilarious. The song is so good. It's just, it fits his character so well to be this big, productive, Broadway cartoony weirdo. And I love how as it's happening, as he's having his little, his little dance number and Hyoga is just like, what's happening? He's like dragging his hands down his face and he's like... Are you guys seeing this? Like again, I love how they feel like kids. <laughs> They're like they feel so real. They feel so real. Shiryu is a dorky nerd and you know, Shun is still like the androg- androgynous little like he's like the little brother. He's very much like the youngest sibling. And I was gonna say, like going going back to a point you said about earlier about how like everyone's facial, like, how everyone's facial like expressions, you don't get to see it that much. But like, there's a really soft, just a softness issue, like a really like subtle softness, like like a, a very feminine softness that I really do appreciate. That. He and he he's also like again he's the sweet little kid, but he also like there's scenes where he has like that kind of like a snarky kind of sassiness that reminds me of early Shun, which is always really good. 
because uh, like there's the part where Seiya is arguing with Tatsumi and Tatsumi's like having his like conniption thing and Seiya's going back and forth and Shun kind of like oh my god and like rolls his eyes and sighs and he's so he's I just love Shun in, in my notes I literally have because the car blows up and like nobody's concerned about him I was like well he's dead and then like 10 minutes later I was like never mind he's not dead forgot I forgot he's in the rest of the movie <laughs> Like, I literally didn't remember him in the movie past that point, so I was like, well, he's dead. What the hell was that? <laughs> like, Tatsumi... And he just has his hair frizzed out, like, what? You you guys came in late! I, I wish. Oh, gosh, Tatsumi is such... Uh, like, we have moved beyond the need for Tatsumi. <laughs> we as a society. But, um... Uh, uh, with other character designs, I have to say it. I have to get into this. Uh, I am in love with Saga's transformation at the end of the movie. I It makes no sense. It is out of fucking nowhere. It is so good. I love the whole idea of somebody's evilness or somebody's ambition transforming them into like a monster. It's such a good trope. And he just goes balls to the wall, crazy, insane. And he's like inside of a mecha or something like that. It's Pacific Rim. It's so good. And I love it. I love his design. I love his whole evil design at the very end. I also love his, you know, the heterochroma where he has two different colored eyes. I love that when he's the Pope, he has like black painted nails because <laughs> it's just like we get it you're evil and it's so good i love his whole aesthetic it's very aztec looking to me i don't know if that oh i was gonna say one of the things one of the things i did like i'm, I'm not i'm kind of iffy about that last design like the monster design somebody comes at the end but I will say this, I will up the bound is is cloth. That how it's like split in half, like this like black cloth. And like the it, it's split in half with gold and black. That was like I love that design so much. And also like I, there's one thing I'm gonna say right now, it's like like all those designs are impractical to make it to make to, to, to make nowadays as like actual toys that can that can make configure to like one thing to another. But as like actual designs, they are incredible. And yeah, it's like Gemini is like, is like by far one of my favorites, in my opinion. Can I have a question? Like, in, in, in regards Saga, so it's relevant. Um, there was one point in the movie, and I wish that I'd wrote down who said this. I think it was Moo that said it, and um, they said something about um is it Saga and, or something about Saga and Moo or, or, um, or Aeolia or somebody says, yes, both of them. And I was like, oh my God, are we, do it we was, have, it was Shaka. It was Shaka. It was, it was Shaka. It was Shaka. Shaka was like, when Shaka finally appears and he's like, bitches, calm down. I'm here. Calm your tits. I'm here to like, I'm here to, I'm here to call, I'm here to call a fight. He's like, he pretty much addresses pretty much everything. Like, yeah, he's one and the same person. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, 
Okay, thank you there, Mr. Exposition. Thanks for telling us everything. Like, right. He... I wish. Oh my gosh, could you have imagined Cannon's design? It would have been so good. I, I wish that they had done Hades arc in Le Legend of Sanctuary style. Could you imagine the surplus? The, the freaking Rhadamanthus and Minos and all of that in Le Legend of Sanctuary style? Oh my god! I have one of my favorite saint designs in the entire series, like, like by far. Like, like if, there's a, if there's ever like an SSS, like if we were doing like a like like a tier list, and you say, Ramses, what is your like? What will you put on top of your list as your favorite, uh, your favorite cloth? With a spell, a shadow of a doubt, with a bullet on it, it's gonna be rather Mantis. His armor is like the greatest, greatest thing ever I have ever seen in my life. And I'm like, I, I, I would like, I'm totally with you on that. On it, it was like, I wish we had, we wish we got a toy design of that. Oh God, we would never agree on everything. Uh, we would never be able to agree. I, I I'd love to do that just to have the discussion, but it, it'd be a it'd be a hard sell on some of them because. Well, not just that. We're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of like angry 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 users just like where are you put this design? Ah, it's fine. I don't care. Come at me on Twitter. I don't care. When he said both of them, I was like, oh my God, are we getting canon and uh, and then. I my last comment on the designs, though, I'm sorry. My last comment on designs is I love Aoria having a lip ring and having facial hair and chest hair because the lip ring. Okay, so I don't know if either of you guys have ever read the episode G manga. That is so, and in it, Aoria, for whatever reason, they are like, they want, he wants to separate himself from Aoria's, so he dyes his hair red. In the manga, so he's like he dyes his hair to look different from his brother, so people don't make the connection. And I love, I love the idea that he had the lip ring to separate himself further, like, like kind of like a callback to that, where he wants to look different. He doesn't want to look like his brother, who looked very like 1970s Ken doll with his beautiful, beautiful hair and his very clean look. He, even though he had like the the you know chin strap and everything like that, Aulios looked very proper and very put together and you know upstanding citizen and then of course he's quote unquote a traitor so Aurelia is like I'm gonna go the opposite I'm gonna have tattoos and a lip ring and I'm like yeah <laughs> he looks so good I literally I, I just have Aeolia is daddy written down and that's it. Oh my god. Oh my god, he's like again, totally totally queer woman. If I had to pick a man, it would be Aeolia cuz he is the best. He respects women. He's beautiful and perfect and legend of sanctuary, he's beautiful. And we like Nuri and I were talking about this before um just like when we were chit-chatting before we started recording, but the fact that it's not all 16 year olds there's a lot of age variation like obviously um I, I don't know exactly how old Aeolia is but he has gray hair so he's not young by any means they definitely aged up Moo and a lot of the other gold saints um to kind of juxtapose them to the younger more novice um bronze saints and it made a lot more sense and I I just because in in the anime and I even I believe even the manga like everybody's pretty young like 
under 18 like young. 16. Yeah. Like they're, like- they're like 16. Like, they're like, I think, I think the gold saints are quote unquote supposed to be like 20, but a lot of the gold saints, like, I think all the gold saints from, uh, they're all, all almost the same age because they're all almost the same age and they all earn their gold cloth at age nine. And I'm like, listen, no, no nine-year-old is that powerful. I, not even Shaka. Listen, no. Learning, learning the seventh sense that we don't talk about in this movie, except for that one scene for three seconds at age nine. Sorry. I just, I wanted to shoehorn that plot hole in there. That bothered me. They, they mentioned the seventh sense. Because that's oh, yeah, a, that's a right. big part of this arc is that they have to learn the seven sins, and then they just kind of don't ever mention it ever again. Like, obviously, like, it. well, they mention it and long enough for Saya to reach it in Tora's house, and they're like, "Good, everybody has it now." Yeah, like, yeah. Th- like obviously he achieved it, but after, like, nobody was like, "Oh yes, that's it, he did it." It's just like he does it, and as the viewer, you're just supposed to know that that was it, and now. I guess everybody just learns by osmosis and everybody has it now because, you know, we get the fight with Yoga who up to that point had not fought yet and just he blows away a gold sink. Well, he snapped his fingers on the bridge. He, he, he did his little pirouettes, froze some people on in the bridge and then snapped his fingers, you know, because he's Russian and he had to do his skater, his figure skating move. <sighs> but yeah, the, the but as I just going back to my original point, though, I think that them having the characters be various ages having them be various body types not all of their because in the original they're all like skinny young men so in this one we've got some like more muscular people i mean except for alderbaran alderbaran was always massive but we have some more muscular guys we have some older guys we have you know a, a wider range of like athletic builds because obviously there's not an obese scene at this point in the movie, but you get what I mean. Like there, it's not yeah, just right. skinny twink boys the whole time. Uh, not that there's, there's anything wrong with that. And, and <laughs> yeah, there's variety, and and I think it fits because when you look at when you look at Aldebaran, he is supposed to be he he and also Aoria are phys- the most physical fighters. They are the ones who are punching, pushing, like get in the brawl. And then you see someone like Shura, uh, Shura who uses his Excalibur. He's not going to be as physically, like, built. He's still going to be strong, but he uses more of his, like, Cosmo skills. So, of course, yeah, he's going to be a little bit more built in the terms of he has to... I'm sure he has, like, killer shoulders because he's swinging his arms all day long. But Milo is, you know, also uses her you know, his, her, etc. uses more, again, Cosmo-based attacks with the, you know, Antares and stuff like that, the Scarlet Needle, so not going to be as bulky. So I think that it show it reflects the type of fighter they are, which I really enjoyed. And then you have Aphrodite, who you see and then you don't see anymore <laughs> because yeah. because reasons did they just run out of time they they had that amazing character design and they didn't do anything at the very least they could have like had one of those quick like 30 second battles like they did with some of the other ones like the the whole like poisonous rose bit is just so iconic in my mind and I think it might be iconic in my mind because I feel like it plays a little bit bigger of a role in um, Lost Canvas, which I know it's not yes. technically the same 
oh Aphrodite, but like just the the rose fields and you know the all the um that is um that's Shun's fight, correct? And we don't get to see that. Like they, I don't know. I feel like just having Aphrodite introduced and immediately killed was just such a letdown. What what would yeah? My my problem is that I I don't. I wish that they had had time to have everybody have a decent fight or even just a like because they, they spent a lot of time doing some things that I was like, do we really need to have this scene? Like, I'll be honest with you, like the <laughs> in the beginning when they have the car scene where Tatsumi's like, by the way, here's the exposition. I know you just turned 16 this morning. I'm going to tell you everything about your life is a lie. <laughs> like that was a lot to unpack. Like what? Did you have to do that right now? And, you know, there's a couple other scenes here and there I felt like could have been shorter, did not add as much to the plot as perhaps a fight would have been. But with um, with Aphrodite, there's he basically his his introduction is him going to Saga and him being like, hey, so I absolutely am loyal to you. I am here to defend you. I need to know what's happening. What do I, what do you want me to do? And then Zaga's like, I'm going to kill you now. And it's like, what? He just, de- he just expressed his devotion to you. Why are you going to kill him? I think I remember hearing somewhere, though, if you guys wanted, like, some sort of confirmation of what his fate is. I remember I was talking with another user on Twitter about this, and I said, like, oh, man, they, they did, they did offer the they did offer the dirty, and, and they, t- and this person told me, like, yeah, I was confirmed, though, by one of the producers that, like, yeah, he's alive. Uh, he was crushed and, like, had a big, huge, bloody rose on the ground. That, um, okay. I, I, I'll believe it because I want to believe it. I'll believe it because I want to live in a world where that design was not wasted. But also, like, but also, like, he, he was pretty dead. <laughs> like, he was pretty dead. By the, by that standard, I'm gonna believe the death mask is still alive. Like I'm just that right. that's my head cannon now. <laughs> that's my head cannon. Death mask is alive. My beautiful hairy troll is still out there somewhere, wondering, you know, the hellscape. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll believe it too. I'll believe it. I'll, I'll one thousand percent. One thousand percent believe it. I don't. I'm, you... Slo- slowly collecting his shiny armor bits. Uh, well, according to according to the lore of this movie, when you die, you turn into a big old like metal door with your with your sign on it. So I guess and if he's not a, if there's not a big door with a crab in hell, I guess he is alive. Well, I thought that was their transformation item. Yeah, I thought that that I thought he no because I thought the gold saints had the big transformation items, not the little ones, like to symbolize that they're bigger and better. I, I guess. Because because when when crab shaped door in hell because because when when Saya gets the the big ass plate later in the movie he transforms and like he's able to use the cloth yeah so I just assumed that like as you go up in power level you need bigger like transformation items or something no no when Al- when Aloyas died in the beginning he like he his body disappeared and it was replaced by his like his big cloth not like the necklace i i guess but again i guess there's got to be a be a crab shaped door in hell <laughs> she she just carries around a billboard she has, she has it on a like 
wheel of police. I guess. Then what would Athena have? Because her god cloth must be a freaking house. Well, remember, remember, they, if, we, if, we, if we're going by like, if we're going by like what, what the series told us about, it's like, it's a, it's a big old statue. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, because in the series, it's a small statue. So I guess it's her big statue that she stands in front of at the end of the movie. Yeah. So that's what I'm assuming. But um, uh, any other thoughts? Any other, any other things you want to discuss? Because like, I mean, the story is, the story is like, wow. It's like, we, we can summarize the story in like, in like, in like a sentence. We can put it on a napkin. That, that, that's pretty much about it. You know, that, that, that's why it's like, we, that's why it's like, there's really no focus on the story. It's like, you start, you've read the story before and if you, read, if you know the story, it's like, hmm, it's, it's pretty short. It's, it's, you know, that's like I said, it's like, it's just, uh, it's a speed run of like everything. It's, a, it's like a best of clip show. So. It is. It's it's a it's a best of clips. I I again they they missed a lot of things. I really wish they had included Gemini House is a great thing. I wish they would have included a little bit more about just you know just some of the lore building because the world is so pretty. I wish they would have built on it more. I really enjoyed the it, visually. It's a beautiful movie. I also the the part where they of course you know have Aurora get possessed by Saga and it's just like. Man, this is the hottest you've ever looked. Why can't we? <laughs> this plot is wasted because it's so short. I love it when he's evil. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry, Aoya. I love you. I, I love you so much. And I love it when you're evil because it's just like, man, you're having the worst day of your life and it's not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> my my final thoughts on the movie is I, I'm glad that they... It really feels like the the people who wrote this script and who like storyboarded it and everything took into consideration all those like the decades of of fans like not necessarily complaints but feedback and feeling how they can make the story better and took those to heart um things like one of the things that frustrated me with the original series is how hard-headed some of the gold saints were to not see the truth especially like if you have somebody like moo coming to you and telling you yo she's the real one and still nothing like alia was was being controlled so he doesn't count but like some of the other ones took a while to come around but in this movie it's like as soon as they get that confirmation they do a heel turn they're like if you know six of the other 12 gold saints think that she's real then she probably is real and like they join up a lot more easily um and the whole thing with sayori being more proactive in the plot it just feels like a love letter to the fans that like their input was valid because they, those are some a lot of the things that people have been complaining about and there's other examples but I, did, I really like that whether it was intentional them doing it maybe you know the the original creators came together like of the anime or maybe the author or whatever came and was like this is what I would change in, in hindsight or, but, but the end result was giving fans a better more grounded even though they're in like some weird subspace world, the characters feel much more grounded. And I just think that comes with time and development. You know, they've had 30 years of development for these characters, so they've got them down now. And we kind of got to see the best forms of everybody except for Aphrodite. I won't forgive them for that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that part. So, okay, so for a couple of last thoughts from my end, um, 
Well, it's just gonna be more. This is gonna be just like like like. It's gonna be more like me flexing on you guys. But I'm not the only person here that watched the movie like at a movie theater. No, it was it was not available for me to watch in the movie theater. Otherwise, I would have watched. I I would have gone broke and been in debt to this day, having watched it about four hundred times. All right, all right. So like, I was so I'm, so I'm the only one that did watch it. Okay. So for me, like the so for me the the, the experience of watching the movie is just like I actually did watch it in a movie theater in Mexico. Um, it came out a few months after it came out. I believe it came out in June in Japan, and I believe it came out that October in Mexico. So I was able to watch it in, in around that time. It was it was an interesting experience. I saw it in a 4DX um, theater, so it was like the, the theater was like shaking and moving around as well. So it was, it was an interesting experience. So, like I said, like it, like my my takeaway is like it was more of an experience than it was like to, like just watching it. So like there was like so there's like moments where it's like you know the, the beginning part of the movie the, the scene would start shaking around during the fight it's like whoa that's pretty intense and stuff like that so it's stuff like that 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 they, 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 that to me was like what made the, that experience a little bit more um, memorable and like I said, for me yeah, it's like I I I said to the point I said this again it's like this is the perfect movie you want to sit down someone at the like a skeptic of Saint Seiya that just wants to get like the, like the bare bones like you know no nonsense everything. I just showed them. I just showed them. I said, "Look, let's let's get you got you got ninety minutes. Let's go." And like I said, I think like I think a lot of like like a lot of the time stuff, a lot of time constraint stuff was because um was was because like the, like usually movies have to be like ninety minutes, especially animated movies. I think they have to like in Japan. I think they have to be like ninety minutes, like just to take and cycle out more people to watch it. So that's why the, that's why if you feel like the movies kind of went like 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 at a very brisk like like a, at a, at like, a at like ninety minutes it's like they go really quick on everything, it was designed that way because it's like that's sort of like they want to get as much viewing as they can from like as much as they can and usually also too, with movies in Japan it's like they they don't they don't do it like in one place they usually just move from like one city to the next, so they have to get as much people as they can from like from different areas as they can to watch it as much as they can, so like I said like the movie has to move. Very very quickly to like for him to like to like make up all those to make up for like um, everything, so like if you feel like the movie's just going way too quick, it's like yeah, but it was designed that way. It was designed like that by design. Overall, for me, um, I did enjoy the movie a lot. Like I said, like it's the perfect movie I would, I would um like I would put to um for to new new, new people who've never seen Saint Seiya. I think it's a perfect movie to put them down and watch it with. And. Like it's those little things. It's those like those little moments that we kept on that we kept on going on that I think that, that they worked so well with this movie. And I believe that those little moments right there, those little things, those little thing, animation things that you see with the characters, I think they're they, they make those they make this movie like really really good. So I for me it's like it's a, it's a high it's a high recommend recommendation for a Saint Seiya movie. So what do you maybe what do you guys think? Like you guys would recommend it to anybody else? I'm torn on recommending it to people just because of how many details are left out and how um, I mean I, spoiler quotation marks question mark it is because if you if you're watching this to find out if you want to watch the original series or not as like a condensed form of the original series all of the major plot points essentially are going to be ruined for you and so the viewing experience might not be the same but also a lot of people don't have the time to watch the like you know 60 70 episodes that is required to get all the information for this so it, it's 
it's kind of up in the air. I don't. I really don't know if I like how I would recommend this. It'd probably be on like a friend to friend basis, based on how well I know their tastes and their okay. attention spans. Really, um, I personally would not have wanted to be introduced to this movie in this way for a variety of reasons. Number one, because I love the character designs in this one so much more than the original that I would be very depressed the whole time. <laughs> not that the original has bad character designs by any means, but like. Daddy Aeolia and and Troll Death Mask like just give me so much life, and if I like again Aeolia's regular character design from the original isn't bad, but it doesn't compare to this. Like it's so it's it it's a very very um, hit or miss whether I would re- recommend this as a starting point for a friend that had never seen the original. I I kind of disagree. I mean, I agree and I disagree because yeah, it would be kind of I, I as somebody who again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big person on spoilers. I would be kind of bummed to be like there if a friend was like, "Hey, I want to introduce you to the show. Watch this movie that kind of condenses the first arc into 90 minutes and then to like hit a lot of these beats that are, you know, because the fight with Desmath is a really important beat with uh, Shiryu, the fight with Aoya and Seiya, you know, and stuff like that, and then to miss a lot of the other beats, like the Pisces fight and etc. So I understand what you're, where you're coming from. It kind of would, it doesn't do a whole lot of service to Saint Seiya to be like, hey, you know, this is what you're getting into because it, 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 it's hit or miss with what it focuses on and what it doesn't but at the same time I'm also somebody who's like you know watching this it's kind of like going to see a Marvel movie yes you can technically watch you know a bunch of cartoon episodes from the 90s or you can read 10 million comic books or you can watch Winter Soldier for you know an hour and 45 minutes and um so, I mean, they're different mediums, and so I think they address different things. I think as a, I think it'd be like, hey, if you can sit through this movie and you're interested in getting into this deeper, that's a good way to introduce you to be like, hey, Greek mythology and teenage boys fighting over stuff. Does that sound good to you? Okay, cool. Then you'd be down with this and you can get into it more deeply and you could hit a lot of the notes that were kind of skimmed over or briefly touched on into more depth. But if it's also like, I just want to watch a pretty movie and I don't want to know what's going on and I just want to look at it. It's like, okay, perfect. Great movie for that too. I personally would recommend it, but I also love this movie to death and I always am looking for excuses to watch it again. I'm actually planning on making my friend watch this with me next weekend <laughs> because I want, I want her. I think she would appreciate the character designs. So she, um, she doesn't. She's not one to sit down and watch really long shows. She wants it to be more condensed like that, kind of like the Marvel movie style. So I, I want to show this to her because I think she would really appreciate the Benzes and the plot, but the Benzes. Alrighty. Alright, hopefully, hopefully that goes well. Alrighty then, guys. I think that's I think that's I think that's uh, that's it for us for this episode. Hey, we good really good to talk to you guys about this about this about this movie. Hopefully, we'll hopefully soon well eventually we'll get to some more movies as well. Um, any closing thoughts in general? Anything else you guys want want to talk? About? Anything else you guys want to like um, say? Anything else you guys want to like? Any dirty limits you guys want to share? 
feel free to talk to me about Saint Seiya on Twitter. Again, my name is Neri Hayu on Twitter or Neri Curry on t- Tumblr. You can find me there as well. I love talking to people about Saint Seiya. I will gladly discuss the merits of this movie with people if they'd like to <laughs> if they'd like to have a discussion. Come at me with your with your takes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KRF, or you can look up my new hashtag, Justice for Aphrodite. Um, I will be tweeting that on the hour, every hour, for the next infinity, because I am that bothered by it. I've mentioned it 25 times, and I'll mention a thousand more. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, just at Common Rider Furry on Twitter, uh, hashtag Justice for Aphrodite. Alright, if you want to get in contact with me or the show itself, you can find me personally on L underscore Ramses. That's where I just, that's like my like my, my main hub where I just talk about everything and, and anything. So if you're, if you're willing to sit down and find me talking about, about like toys and stuff like that, that's where you're going to go. Like, you want to see me specifically talk about Saint Seiya and stuff like that, you can find you can find him at our official Twitter, which is the SC Cosmocast. We have now also an official communities as well. Where you can like leave feedback, leave news, leave anything you guys want. Just follow the link on our website under that down Twitter, and we and you will get like um, and you can join and you can join up with us as well. It's sort of like Facebook uh, Facebook groups where you can like where fans where fans can like post stuff and talk to us directly. So if you want to talk to me directly about anything, you're more than welcome to. Um, Writer Furry is also there too. So if you if you guys if you want to like check check the if you want to talk to any of us, we're down with it. And you know we always appreciate like feedback and anything else that you guys, that you guys want to share with us because um, I think that's I think that's gonna be really it's really cool to hear from from our fans and stuff like that. So we'll feel free to like leave uh, leave feedback to us like on Twitter on our communities or using the hashtag Keep Burning That Cosmos all one word and we'll like look through it and we'll just like you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on on future episodes. So with that said, guys, I am Ramses. For Nuri and Comrade Free, I'm here to tell you to keep burning that cosmos. Bye. Bye. Hashtag justice for Aphrodite. Caballero <laughs>